This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Here we go. It's the first episode of The Low Show. Just going to jump in balls deep, shall we? All right. I'm going to pour myself a glass of rosé to celebrate this momentous occasion with you. Mm. Delicious. All right, Buddha. If you're listening to this and you have no idea who the hell I am, first of all, thank you for listening. Welcome to The Low Show. And secondly, I'll give you a little background info as to who the hell I am. So my name's Lo. I grew up in uh, in Mexico, in a small pueblo, in a little town. No, I didn't. I didn't do. I lied. <laughs> I did not. I grew up. I grew up in Orange County. I'm a stylist in LA. Been working the fashion game for the last decade. I style celebrities for red carpets. Would do magazines, editorial shoots, uh, press events, meet and greets, concerts, basically any Hollywood type event. I even have clients that I have to dress for, like a Starbucks run. You know, just know when you see a celebrity and they look all cute in a nice little outfit and you're like, damn, that's a really cute outfit or a workout look. They're just going to get coffee, getting paparazzi. Just know nine times out of 10, there's a whole team of experts behind someone like that. There's a hair person, a makeup, a stylist, usually a fashion PR person that's sending them the outfit and it's the outfit that hasn't been released yet. Usually there's a brand endorsement uh, involved in it. So they're getting paid to some extent. Um, a lot of times these things will be arranged to get paparazzi when they look like super cute and ready to get photographed. Anyway, it's a whole business in itself. And I have to say, being part of this crazy roller coaster ride and being part of the Hollywood machine pumping out these stars is why I've met some really cool people. And I have a lot of tea to spill on this podcast because I've met some really cool people, some toxic ones, some interesting ones, a lot of, of different people. <laughs> so I've lots of stories to tell. Uh, but I have to say, I love what I do and getting to work with both male, female clients. Hell, I even have a Doug the Pug. It's one of my favorite clients who I have. Get this. Doug the Pug is this cute little pug on Instagram. If you're not familiar with him, add some sunshine to your day right now because he's the cutest little thing. Uh, he's on the gram and has millions of followers. And I've been following him. And one day he slid into my DMs and was like, hey, I'm nominated for a People's Choice Award. His parents run his account. They're the best. Doug the Pug was like, I'd like you to dress me. I'm nominated for a People's Choice Award. Like, I think it was like Pet of the Year or something. He ended up winning, which was so cute. He did the red carpet and everything. And we made this little custom Versace outfit for his little pug body. It was one of my career highlights because it just made me feel so happy. I've been obsessed with pugs since I was a little kid. And uh, one of my favorite fashion designers is Valentino. He has a great documentary out there if you haven't seen it. The Valentino documentary is awesome. But he, one of the things that's inspired him so much um, are pugs. He loves pugs. He's, I think he has like 15 freaking pugs. And they're all just running around his castle. And I remember thinking like one day I just want to have a castle with a bunch of pugs running around and I'll just be designing beautiful dresses and living my best life. So I've always had an obsession. And 14 years ago, I begged my parents, please let me get a pug. Hey, Daddy, I want an Oompa Loompa. I want you to get me an Oompa Loompa right away. 
Hey. All right, Bruco, all right. I'll get you one before the day is out. I want an Oompa Loompa now. Um, I love them so much. And they finally gave in and let me get one. And I got Dookie, little Dookie booty. He's an all-black pug. Now he's a little salt and pepper, has a George Clooney vibe to him. But he's just the sweetest thing. And pugs are, they breathe really loud. I mean, Duke's sleeping next to me right now, little Dookie. He's just like a little court jester, a little clown. He lo- They love to be dressed up. Pugs in general love to entertain. And they're not hunters. They're not, I don't know, very active. But they are so funny and so sweet. And anyway, uh, pugs and orcas, those are my two animals that really do it for me. So besides styling pugs and also humans in the entertainment Hollywood world, I also have private clients. And the private clients that I style, uh, those are really fun because those are usually people who just have so much shit going on in their world. And the last thing that they want to do is just worry about style or fashion and organizing their closets and looking chic. So that's where I come in. I go back in the closet. Full circle moment. Only this time. This time going back in the closet, it's not a negative experience. It's a happy place because I get to do a closet audit. So I go into someone's closet. I edit. I color code. I love a good color coded situation. We do red, green, blue, uh, orange, and little rainbow, if you will. And each thing is color coded. So then you pair all the red outfits, blue, green, et cetera, all that stuff together. Um, Then I take Polaroids of the shoes and I get a budget from my client and they say, okay, this is how much I want to spend for the month. And then it's my job to take those funds and allocate them to certain pieces I think are perfect for the closet. So most of them will go to staple pieces. For everyone's closet, I think it's important to have your key staples. For me, when I'm doing someone's closet, that's having um, an amazing coat, one pair of dark denim that you're obsessed with usually has a little bit of stretch to it. Um, A leather jacket that fits you great. It's been altered. A blazer that you love. What else? What else? Oh, great pair of heels, little black dress. If you're a guy, an amazing watch. And I think those are, yeah, pretty much the core basics. And then everything else we start adding in um, as flavor and spice to the closet. I thoroughly love reworking people's pieces that they're like done with. I had one client and she had this amazing blazer and she's like, I want to get rid of it. I wore the hell out of it. It's had its time, time to donate it now or get rid of it. And I thought this blazer still has so much life left in it. Um, in this closet that I was working in. So I thought, okay, I'm going to rework it. So I cut the sleeves off. I ended up um, taking it to my seamstress. We added a belt and changed the lining of it. And we turned this oversized men's blazer situation into a vest dress. And it was like her favorite piece to wear. I paired it with an amazing boot, little ankle boot. And it was really, really fun, cute outfit to wear. So I like reworking things in someone's closet not just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. We could rework some pieces, bring new life into it. I'll get into a little bit of like my passion for fashion. Fashion is is my my alphabet. Alphabet. I'm the guardian. I'm the guardian guardian. guardian of fashion. You need the fashion shower. Oh, God. My passion for fashion. Every stylist has a very different perspective in how they approach the fashion industry. And I think for me, I've been influenced by people who wanted me to stay in a specific lane. And I've met a lot of stylists and that actually works great for them. They work, what I mean by staying in your lane is they work exclusively with uh, country artists or their thing is old Hollywood glamour and all of their clients really fit that old Hollywood glamour aesthetic. 
I have one colleague and she just works with dudes, only guys. And it's kind of just like all white guys. <laughs> but anyway, that's like her thing. White guys in Hollywood. I have another colleague of mine, stylist, and she primarily just works with musicians. She only does like recording artists, like uh, tour stuff, costumes. It's a lot more on the like glitz and glam costume vibe. And that works for her. But for me, I don't know. I get bored easily. I have ADHD, full ADHD up in here. So I like to diversify myself and keep it fresh. And I have a pretty wide range of clients. And that's why I love having Doug the Pug. But I also have a few rappers on there, country artists, musicians, singers, producers, directors. I think it's all under the entertainment umbrella of Hollywood. But there's so many different personalities. And I will say... Every client I dress has such a different sense of style. They love different things and it just keeps it fresh and exciting for me to constantly keep it changing up their different uh, age ranges, different body types, colors, you know, different races. I just, I like to keep it diversified because it makes it more fun for me. If you're dealing with just one body type and it's all like white skinny actresses, like that's not fun. I need some flavor up in here. I need to get like, have fun with it. And every person likes wearing different colors and wearing different silhouettes. And anyway, I like changing it up. And it's worked for me so far to keep changing it up. I, I enjoy it. And also, when it comes to your perspective of styling, I've noticed that people I've spoken to who are uh, stylists, Hollywood stylists in the business, uh, they definitely are in love with the design and the art and the craftsmanship that a design house brings like the house of Givenchy or Louis Vuitton or something like that. I love all that bougie stuff too. Do not get me wrong. I love a good Dior or Gucci moment. But for a lot of stylists, they are so drawn to the craftsmanship and the the design house and getting access to those is very appealing and lures a lot of people who are obsessed with fashion into a career of styling people. That's not the lure for me or what drove me into the business. For me, it's completely different in the sense of I look at what I do, I like all the fancy stuff, but I could care less in the long run. What matters to me is I think styling is a transformative process and it's a psychological profession. Uh, when I get clients, I'm seeing them in a very vulnerable state and it's a, a fitting one-on-one -on -one usually. And I think everybody struggles with self-esteem. I think actors specifically and actresses have it even harder with self-esteem because if they are in the limelight and they are being judged constantly, it can start to get to some people, you know, it can start to affect you in a negative way. So, you know, and I'm working with some of the most incredible, beautiful people in the world and they are feeling so insecure about themselves um, or nervous about different things. So in that sense of the person being vulnerable, me styling them and seeing an outfit I put on them, like transform them and make them feel so much better about themselves. Even in just that moment, they just feel so good. So let's hear it. Come on. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. That's it. No, scream it. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend it to my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. 
It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I remember specifically one moment that I just loved while styling. I had a client and she's always fit. She loves to work out, like good for her, like, you know, she's, and that's like her profession. So taking care of herself, working out, making sure she looks great is a big part of her um, career. And uh, she got pregnant, had the baby, and was really going through it on trying to get herself um, back into shape. And she had a premiere that was coming up, and she was saying how she was not looking forward to going to a fitting. She didn't want to see me. (laughs) And I met up with her, and I said, okay, we're going to do this fitting, and I want to make sure she just feels incredible about herself. So I picked out some dresses that I knew would just be home run hits for her. Um, they would showcase parts of herself that I know she loved and she ended up trying it on and turned around and the look in her eye was, Oh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because she was so happy in that moment and felt so good about herself. And she told me, she's like, "Lo, this is the first time in the last five months I've looked in the mirror and actually loved what I saw. And to me, that feeling alone is like why I've stayed in this crazy industry for as long as I have being able to transform someone and see a side of them that feels good about themselves. It makes me feel good about myself too. And it's like a, I don't know, it's a high that I get seeing someone in that moment. And especially when they are all dressed up and ready to go for red carpet. I mean, every red carpet someone does for me, it feels like a little mini wedding day. <laughs> like, you know, like that little wedding jitters you get, like you get the hair, you get the makeup done, you got the stylist coming in. Like, it's just like a very exciting moment to get someone ready. And they're about to go walk on a carpet and have hundreds of pictures, high definition pictures taken of them on a carpet in every angle they could imagine and it's like the carpet's probably all of like 10 to 15 minutes and then it's over but it's just a very surreal experience and yeah if i could be part of that and make someone feel at ease and confident going into a red carpet event where they're going to be analyzed and scrutinized from literal head to toe and i can make it easy make that journey easy for them that is the most rewarding thing in itself so the clothes, of course, and the designers and all the fancy stuff really are exciting. And I think those are the icing that make my styling career like fun. But the true heart of it comes from the transformative process and getting to help people with their self-esteem and just feel freaking confident and good about themselves. So that's why I'm a stylist. I'm going to get more into my styling career And I have some incredible industry experts. I got hair and makeup people that have worked with the best of the best. And I'll get them all on this podcast. We're going to interview all of those people. But yeah, that's for another time. For now, I want to just let you guys know why I'm doing this podcast, what you can expect as a listener. I know a lot of you remember me from Off the Vine with Caitlin, Queen Caitlin Bristow herself was an artist you transformed too have i i remember yeah you were wearing urban outfitters on the carpet my god (laughs) 
You know? I really was. Doing your own makeup, putting on some freaking yeah. lip smackers <laughs> before you hit the carpet. A little bit of freaking banana boat on your arms. <laughs> it was Struggle City USA for you. And then you had your swan moment. Got your hair done. Lashes. And she looks incredible now. What a glow up story. Can we take a moment, <laughs> listeners out there, and appreciate a good glow up of a woman? It's like, talk about a, a transformational story. It's really, it's very, it gives everyone hope. It gives us all a little bit of hope. You act like I was just <laughs> the worst. A potato <laughs> with some hair. And she's now a freaking swan. Uh, from her amazing podcast and she has these vinos and they're a big part of the reason why I even decided to jump into the podcast space. The vinos that are her loyal listeners, they give me so much feedback and they slid into my DMs. They were so encouraging. It was really nice um, to get so many messages from people like that. And it kind of gave me the little extra push that I needed to want to do my own podcast. Caitlin has been telling me to do one for years and I thought, "Mm, yeah, and I just kept making excuses. But Having her listeners reach out to me directly was, I don't know, made me feel a little special. I'm like, all right, you guys, I'm going to do this. Then I also was a co-host on the Only Child podcast with Ariel Vandenberg, one of my closest homies. I love her so much. And I had the best time doing the podcast with Ariel. She went away to do Love Island because a lot of people DM'd and asked me about, like, what happened? Why aren't you guys podcasting together? Was there a beef? There's no beef. I um I love her. And she just ended up booking a show and left. And then she came back. Life happens. Pandemic hits. And the rest is history. We just stopped doing it. Um, but I'm definitely going to have Ariel on as a guest because she is hilarious, beautiful, and she is just sunshine in human form. Like you can't be in a room with Ariel and not smile. She's like one of those people that just is like a, a light. But yeah, I've been wanting to do this podcast for... I'd say I'd been wanting to do it for the last five years. I I never did the podcast when I had intended to five years ago because I was just consumed with styling work. I wanted to make sure my fashion career was at the freaking helm. And I put the podcast on the back burner. And life's already a lot to handle as it is, you know, without having to do a podcast. I mean, if I think about it, like it's even a struggle to remember like how much water to drink. I got dating life. I got family, friends. Uh, trying to squeeze in some time to get a little workout once in a while, eating healthy, keeping up with my damn bills, throw in a global pandemic. There's just a lot of shit going down in the world. It's just like so much, you know, it's like been so stressful and so much about like, how much does this cost and this cost? Like, it's like I'm forgetting what all of this is supposed to be about. And like seeing all those clothes, it's like... So, yeah, I put the podcast completely on the back burner. But now as I'm recording this episode and I'm speaking this out loud, I'm realizing that all of those things were just freaking excuses. They're excuses because trying something new can be so terrifying. And if you're listening to this and there's something you want to do in this world, whether it be you want a new career, you want to start your own business or try a new hobby or learn something new or fuck, I don't know, get your own podcast. My advice to you is to just have a Shia LaBeouf moment and just freaking do it. You know that clip from Shia? Just freaking do it. Do it! No! Make God, your dreams please, no, come true! No! Just no! Do it! No! Okay, that's Shia LaBeouf clip. 
as a perfectionist, it was tough for me because I'm like, what if I'm not perfect at this? And like, I don't know, I'm going to struggle with this podcast. (laughs) I thought, I don't want to have regrets in life. And I know this much that you'll never regret taking a chance on yourself. So that's what I'm doing. This is new territory for me in the sense that I'm doing this as a solo host, even though I've been on a bunch of podcasts and I love doing it. This is like my own situation here. It's my own little baby. So building this community with you guys. And that's actually where you guys come in. Because I want you, the listeners, I want you to be part of the discussion. You are my co-host. And I'm very excited to build this little community together, a little pod fam if you will. So I'm going to give you a little info on like what to expect on this podcast. So I'm in my 30s now. It's a really weird time to navigate. And that's part of the reason why I even wanted to start this podcast. Besides having so many different friends of and from different walks of life from all over the world, this industry I've been living in, is it's just a melting pot. LA is a melting pot. New York, I've met some really interesting, fascinating people. So I think that being able to share your story is... One of the most beautiful things that you can give to this world, being able to tell that story to someone, because I don't know, I think that it just, it's shaped us. Your story shapes you. And I always learn something new from somebody. And I've been curious about so much shit in life from, I don't know, drugs to the beauty world, sex, health, mental health, entertainment. I mean, we're going to talk about it all on this podcast, politics, faith, relationships. I just want to always hear new perspectives and ideas on this little journey of life that we're on together. (laughs) So you're going to be in for a treat. You're going to hear different stories of people, what shaped them. And I'm going to make a few commitments to you now so you know what to expect from this podcast. I've written them out. They're on my little mirror. I look at them every day now. First things first, it's an open, safe place where vulnerability is celebrated. I promise you that. Whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, straight, gay, bi, transgender, I don't know, Christian, Jehovah's Witness, or you're a freaking witch, I just want you to know I embrace it all and I can't wait to have all different types of people on this podcast. This is a judgment-free zone and yeah, I want to celebrate and hear different opinions of everybody. So we're going to get into all of that in future episodes, which will be really nice. Oh, my parents are going to be such a good interview too. They both have had such interesting backgrounds and stories. My dad's one of 17. He's lived such a wild life. (laughs) Oh my God. He's more icy, rigid, if you will, but totally sweet. You just got to break through the hard exterior, you know, because he's military. He was a Marine, came from a military family, super Catholic, big ass family. This is the story of my family. We're the Duggars. That's me. I'm Michelle. There's Jim Bob, my wonderful husband, and our children. Josh is our oldest. He married Anna, and they had our first grandchildren, Mackenzie, Michael, and Marcus. Then there's Jana, John David, Jill, she married Derek, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah, Joy Anna, Jedediah, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, Jackson, Johanna, Jennifer, Jordan, and our youngest daughter, Josie. And all of those kids had a bunch more kids. Those Von Rumpfs, man, they're like rabbits multiplying everywhere. Too much. Uh, my mom, too. What an incredible queen she is. She's an entrepreneur. She's a spicy little Latina. But when you meet her, she's so sweet, like a warm empanada. But she has like a business boss vibe to her, which I love. I think that's why I'm so drawn to strong women, even in women that I style and the women that I get close to in my friendships. I always like like an entrepreneur. If you're like a business owner, I'll probably want to be best friends with you. I just love it. It reminds me so much of my mom. 
because my mom is like such an advocate for business. If you're a female business owner and you're Hispanic, oh my God, my mom's like, Mija, come over here. I support you. Like she'll do anything for you. That's her thing. And she'll be a great interview too. Okay. Number two on the list here on my mirror that I've written out. I want to tell you that I will never recommend an add-on here for something that I don't personally love or something I haven't used in my own life, something I can't stand behind. Everything I put on this podcast is something I definitely have experienced, love, uh, advocate, whatever. It's all positive stuff on here. I don't want to fill your time with bullshit. So if that means I don't get ads for a while because none of the brands that I want, that I genuinely support would be interested, then so be it. No ads. But yeah, every ad you hear on here is going to be something uh, I commit to actually standing firmly behind. And number three, I want to promise that everything you're going to get on here is real talk. It's going to be raw. Serve it up 100% real with no chaser. Some episodes, I'll tell you, will be maybe a little heavier than others. Heavier topics. Some episodes are going to be drinking wine and keeping it light and fun. And I want to do that because... I think one, life's about some balance. And two, I, in wanting to do this podcast, I, I love many podcasts, but I took my top three favorites and I wrote down what my favorite aspects were about them. And I'm, I'm trying to basically make a hybrid version of all of those favorite things into this show now. So yeah, that's why you're going to get a little bit of everything, little appetizer plate of everything. <laughs> We're going into fall right now. I can't believe it's already fall. Like I'm already seeing freaking Christmas decorations and shit at stores. It's wild to me. But this year has flown by for all of us. And in a blink of an eye, I think right now, I I say there is no perfect timing to launch something, but I genuinely feel right now it couldn't be better because what's going on in the world, I'm like, damn, we just need uh, more positivity and some something to keep shit light because everything is so heavy right now. So I wanted to do this podcast back in uh, March. I was so excited to launch it in like March. It was or April and I recorded a few episodes and I went back and I listened to those episodes and I was so depressed. I realized I was so depressed. I didn't even know I was a depressed person until one, I started doing a little research into my family and realizing that A lot of people in my family struggle with depression. My mom, for example, although I never knew that about her, but she's not medicated for it. She does like holistic things to help her. Um, And I also have been super depressed. In the first two months of quarantine, I was like Debbie freaking downer. So... Picking myself up from that depression and snapping out of it was a tough thing to do. But when I played back the episodes that I had previously recorded, I got to release those here one day because they're gonna we can laugh at how sad I sound. So what a transformation it's been. If you're listening to this and you are depressed or you're in a funk, I've been there. I go through it all the time, actually. And I will say one of the things that helps besides a Zoloft or some sort of a medication would be... Uh, to get a blood test. I got a blood test and I found out that I was super low in iron and vitamin D deficient. Uh, My testosterone levels were also super low. And all of those things are linked to depression and and can bring down your mood. Maybe also try a little uh, cryotherapy. I got super into Wim Hof. Have you heard about this dude? He's like the iceberg man. I learned about him from goop.com. 
uh, I watched the goop thing on Netflix, but this dude submerges himself in these ice cold temperatures. And it's, there's so many amazing things it does for your body, but he basically, it's like cryotherapy, but he has these breathing techniques and you can submerge yourself into like an ice bath and not feel like you're going into shock because you're regulating your own, I don't know, reaction to it temperature wise. There's a lot of health benefits to it. So I've been practicing that. So throw in an ice bath, working on my diet and making sure I get at least, I don't know, 15 to 30 minutes of exercise on the minimum. Ideally, I'd like an hour, but for now I'm squeezing in like 30 minutes and I think I'm Lance Armstrong. (laughs) So, so after a long week of working my ass off, it was like a hundred degrees outside. I just wanted to get home and put in little to no effort and rip my clothes off and get in my cocoon and binge watch a good show, little Netflix and chill moment, which brings us to the low maintenance segment. Binge watching shows is one of my favorite things. And this pandemic, God, I'm so thankful for all of the different streaming networks. Netflix in particular has really done it for me. I'm always drawn to a good documentary. And if someone recommends a show to me and it's really good, the morning show is the last one I watched. That was on Apple, I think like Apple TV or whatever. But I binge watched all of it within two days. I powered through the first night and then did it the next night as well. And yeah, if it's good, I'm just not going to stop. I don't get people that can just stop watching a show like mid season. Like if it's 12 shows and it's really good and they're like, Oh, I'll get back to it. Like I never finished it. Like, how do you do that? If it's a good show, I'm going to freaking watch it all the way through. Even if I'm missing like my mom's birthday. Sorry, mom, I'm binge watching a show. Can't miss it. (laughs) I can't sleep if I don't know the outcome. I'm that type of person, but I recently got really into documentaries. A few on Netflix are really good. I'm going to tell you guys about the last two things I just watched. I actually watched them last night. Uh, And I I was like, man, things are heavy right now. I had watched the news. It got me a little bummed. And I said, I need something light to take my mind off things and just chill out for a bit. So I ended up watching one on Netflix called The Challenger, The Final Flight. Yeah, jokes on me because it wasn't light. It's actually heavy as hell and really freaking depressing. But I didn't remember the story. Once it started, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I know this story. Oh, this is going to be really sad. And for some reason, I didn't turn it off. I thought, well, hello, darkness, my old friend, I might as well just go into the depths and watch this four part documentary series. So I watched it. And I have to say, although really tragic and depressing, it was really inspirational. And It offered insight and perspective into the way the world works, which is always great. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story of the Challenger, it was a NASA spacecraft that launched in 1986. And sadly, it exploded when it launched. So everyone was watching it. Millions of people in America were watching this spacecraft go up. and, And it was a tragic accident that occurred and all seven astronauts died instantly and they were literally blown up in front of the world and their families and oh it's just so so sad and as I, I I was watching it and they were talking about why it was such a big deal and I guess because so much stuff has happened in the world now 2020 you know this is over 30 years later And as I was watching the story and seeing the global impact that this explosion accident for NASA that it caused, I mean, this was 
like the headline news. I was talking to my parents about it because they watched it and they said, oh, it was in every news channel. Like that's all anyone could talk about for like a year. It was the talk of the town and it was it just was really sad and, and tragic. And I'm like in my head, I'm thinking, dang, like that made world news and was the main source of discussion for so long. But because so much shit goes down and everything's so sad now, that story I think would be like Tuesday news, which is doesn't it's not a good thing. I think that's actually sad that I'm I almost feel numb to tragedy now. I'm still saddened by it. It's just the shock is not there because I I'm always learning about like shootings and explosions and natural disasters and freaking fires. And so the space thing, Challenger, although truly horrifying, it's not shocking or anything like that to me. Um, But back then it rocked everybody's world. So the one thing that was really uh, fascinating about it was NASA did a little bit of a cover up. They were trying to do PR and it was a mistake on their part. Why? that spaceship freaking blew up. It's on them. And they were just kind of spinning it and saying it was about like the weather and it was a, you know, just a mishap, but no, they ended up finding documentation that showed that because basically the United States was really needing a win because the morale of the country was down. Reagan was pushing hard to get people's spirits up and NASA was the best way to do it. And at the time, NASA was kind of like a beacon of hope for America. We were coming off of the high from the moon landing, which I know people doubt the Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. But after you watch this, you won't doubt it. And I think the NASA program was such an influential thing for Americans and everyone wanted to be an astronaut. And it's such a prestigious thing. So for the first time in NASA's history, they actually opened up the NASA space program to civilians And it was the first time back in 86 that they offered uh, an opportunity for a normal civilian person to go into space. So to be an astronaut, you have to have like hundreds of hours and it takes years of training and and psychological analysis and tests. And there's so much that goes into trying to get to space and becoming an astronaut. It's not an easy job. And And for them to open it up. And then not only did they open it up to civilians, but they specifically wanted a teacher. They wanted to send the first teacher to space. And hundreds of thousands of teachers applied and they sent in all these testimonials from their students. And they narrowed it down to two really sweet teachers uh, from, I forgot, from like Indiana or somewhere. And they ended up going through all the physical tests and the psychological evaluations and everything. And then they picked the top teacher and she was chosen. So she went through all the training and she did like a speed round of training to get her body like physically ready. And it was wild. They showed all of like the preparation and what it takes to get ready to go to space. I realized after watching this, I would never want to go to space. Not even now when it's so advanced compared to 1986. Oh man, it's just, it's heavy stuff. (laughs) I know as I'm like, I'm recommending shows. Maybe not watch that one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe skip that one. Um, and because it is heavy, although hearing about their stories was inspirational. That's the silver lining in it. Um, but after I finished that one, I was just kind of like sitting on my on my couch and I was like, wow, that was really, that was really intense. So I decided to take a couple edibles and I needed something to like 
completely switch up the vibe, the energy, because that one was just too much. And I ended up watching another uh, documentary or Netflix recommendation. And this was just a movie and it's called My Octopus Teacher. I have no idea why Netflix recommended this for me. I mean, I do love the ocean. I'm obsessed with orcas, but octopus aren't really my thing. But this was like a 98% match for me. I decided, all right, I'm going to go in and watch this octopus story. At least it will put me to sleep and I could see pictures of the ocean. I'm sure I'll get something from it. Let me just tell you, my octopus teacher, what a game changer. It was incredible. I didn't even fall asleep. I couldn't. It was so beautiful. It was really awkward to watch that because I had post-mated calamari. So I was like eating octopus as I watched this story about this amazing creature. Seeing this really strange thing. A lot of people say an octopus is like an alien. The strange thing is, as you get closer to them, you realize that you're very similar in a lot of ways. Okay, so yeah, that's the intro, a little trailer teaser for you. It's such a great documentary and so unexpected and beautifully done. The music, the way it was filmed. So I'll give you Cliff Notes version. This dude who loves to dive and and he's like a marine biologist uh, in South Africa And he ends up doing like a snorkel dive into this kelp forest and these beautiful waters. So he does a dive. And then on one of his dives, he sees an octopus. And then he just, I don't know, feels a connection with it and ends up wanting to become its friend. (laughs) It sounds so weird, but trust me, it's a great story. So he becomes friends with this octopus by continually going day after day. And I think octopus live about a year and a half to two years So he goes into these waters, no matter rain or if it's freezing waters, it doesn't matter. He's going in and diving to see his little octopus friend. And yeah, I guess octopus aren't as common in that particular area. So he like he could tell it was the same octopus each time um, because they're not as frequent in those waters. But anyway, upon seeing these octopus or this one octopus, he ends up getting so comfortable with it and octopus i mean they look at us as predators i mean as most ocean life would so as soon as he like went down and saw it she retreated into her little den cave that she had built with seashells and he just kept going and visiting and then sure enough she ended up getting more comfortable and warming up to him and then midway through this octopus is like sucking on his stomach and He's holding the octopus in his hands and they're just hanging out and they're homies. He became homies with an octopus. And there's one part where the octopus gets her freaking leg ripped off or her tentacle and and it regenerates. They're regenerating properties of the octopi. Now I'm like an octopus professor. I can, you know, I know a lot of random facts and stuff about him, but the story of them getting close and how the octopus lives their life and how they may and everything. It's really fascinating shit. And I think you will actually enjoy it. It's good for the family. It's good for kids. There's not a lot of, cur- no, there's no cursing in it. And this guy, he is so I'm passionate about sea life. Like I love the ocean. I'm all about, you know, preservation of the ocean. And I believe in climate change. 
sure, but this guy took it to another level. Like this octopus was like, was like a family member to him. He was obsessed with her. And it was, it's actually really sweet. I'm like, I don't know if I've loved anything that much, but this guy, yeah, it's really a beautiful story. The music is great. Uh, the way they film it, I'm like, how do they get all these angles? It's like, they get like right up in there. It's really fascinating and well done. So given that one, a five out of five stars, the challenger, I'm going to give that documentary a four out of five stars. I have to dock at one point for just, it didn't need to be a four part series. They could have taken it into three parts, but it was super interesting. And definitely if you're not familiar with the story, um, it's a good one just to be informed and learn something new. And it was inspirational too. So that's my review of my favorite Netflix documentary type shows that I just watched. All right, I'm going to end it right there for you guys. End it on a high note with a good Netflix documentary recommendation. Tomorrow's already Friday, end of the week. Maybe fry up some fresh calamari, put on a mud mask, get in your PJs and watch a documentary about a man falling in love with an octopus. Finish it off with a national tragedy about a space explosion. Next week's episode is going to be amazing because I have my first official guest at the Low Show. I'm bringing on the Canadian queen herself, my little Canadian maple delight, Miss Caitlin Bristow, coming in hot. She's here in Hollywood. I went to her spot. We iced her ankle, opened up a bottle of wine, and we talked about love, self-love, body image, her Dancing with the Stars experience thus far. We did some rapid fire questions. It's a great little interview. I don't like to call it interview because it's just us hanging out. Interview sounds so formal. I'm not trying to be Diane Sawyer over here. But anyway, it's a really good show. That's next week on Thursday. But in the meantime, make sure you drink your water. Stay hydrated, putas, because I know you're thirsty. You got to drink that agua. Get the water going. Love you guys. I'm out. Keep it moving, yeah, we do.